Hi lovely, welcome to Bloom Best Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Kate, I'm a passionate mama of three and a doula and I absolutely adore listening to women share their sacred birth stories. This is a loving space just for that. Each week I'll be chatting to women across Australia as they share their unique, very special journey to baby. This week I'm chatting with Renee who takes us through the birth of her son Freddie. Renee realised that she was in fact in labour while attending her dear friend's wedding. So she shares the beautiful send-off she had surrounded by her closest girlfriends and then went on to have a positive, unmedicated, hands-off birth at her local public hospital. It's a lovely episode. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Hi, Renee. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Would you like to start by introducing yourself and your family? Of course. So thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here chatting. Um, I am Renee and I live in Altham in northeast Victoria. I live with my husband, Gaz, our fur baby, Rue, and our eight-month-old baby, Freddie. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, and your journey to conceiving Freddie, he is absolutely gorgeous by the way I've seen him on your Instagram he is so cute Um, thank you (laughs) um, and that was an IVF journey would you like to share your experience there yeah of course so um, my husband and and Gaz and I we were trying to conceive Freddie naturally for about a year and a half um, before we ended up um, going down the path of IVF Um, So we were really fortunate that we conceived Fred on our first embryo transfer, um, which we were, yeah, we just couldn't believe when we got that news um, because I think, you know, when you're about to go through IVF or something that's, you know, you don't know what the outcome's going to be, you know, everyone's different. But personally, like we sort of set ourselves up for maybe not the best news just to prepare. Like we were obviously hopeful, but I think you just want to protect yourself. Um, and I used to work in an IVF clinic as well. So I know that like getting pregnant on your first go is not always, you know, the common outcome. It can take so many tries. So yeah, when we had that first embryo transfer and we got the call, I think it was 10 days we had to wait. And we got that call from the nurse that it had worked. We were just like completely in disbelief for a while as well, because, um, I also didn't have any pregnancy symptoms. I was really lucky. So, um, yeah, we, it was just really hard to believe that it, that it had all worked for us, that it was, yeah, beautiful news to receive. Yeah. So you were feeling well then? I was so lucky in my pregnancy. I, um, I really had no symptoms. Um, maybe I, have, I drive sort of a long distance to work from Altham into South Melbourne. So it's about an hour, an hour and a half drive. Um, so sometimes if I would drive on like an empty stomach, like the car would make me feel a tiny bit queasy. Um, but other than that, I literally, I had an amazing pregnancy. And yeah, even early on, which I know like most women have the worst part of it. I was just so lucky. I just felt like my normal self. So yeah, I was really, really fortunate in that regard. Yeah, so good. Love it. Love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and where were you planning on birthing? So um, my uh, a lot of my girlfriends and my sister had all given birth at um, 
the Mercy Hospital for Women, which is in Heidelberg. So that's our closest um, public hospital. And I had heard really good things from everyone that I knew that had birthed there. So um, that was that was just my go-to. Um, I just sort of knew that that was where I wanted to birth our baby. And um, a few of my girlfriends had gone through the maternity group practice program there, so MGP, um, and they really highly recommended that as well and said that I should get onto it early because there's only limited spots within that program. So I um, mentioned that to my doctor the first time I went to get my referral and was lucky enough to get into that program at the Mercy Hospital. Yeah, so good. Yeah. And in terms of birth preparation or anything like that, did you do education? Did you read? How are you feeling? I did so much. I remember my husband saying to me, like, I have never seen you so engaged in something, so interested. He's like, he said, it's like you're studying for an exam. Um, so I think just from, from sort of the moment I found out, I was just so um I just really was entrenched in everything preparation wise. So I read um, some books that really, really helped me one being called the birth space. So that's written by an Aussie doula and it's like quite a new book, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I've actually given that to a few people as gifts as well, because it's just a really lovely all rounder. Um, yeah. It sort of covers like all general areas in regard to like preparation um, pregnancy preparation for labor and postpartum as well and it just covers like a lot of really useful subjects I thought yeah um and then the other um, one was sorry sorry, yeah that's by Gabrielle right she's the one yeah yeah she's an Aussie birth she's a doula yeah and she's um put that book together and I just think it's um yeah it just sort of covers all subjects that you really you know need to think about and it's very unbiased as well I thought so yeah I loved that book yeah. Um, and then another um, girlfriend recommended to me Rhea Dempsey, Birth with Confidence. And um, I was so grateful that she sent me that book because she had um, had the same labour that I wished for, which was like an unassisted natural labour. And she said, you know, this book will help you. And that was like my birth Bible, like in regard to sort of the preparation for what to expect during labour and you know, taking away that fear and working with the the sensations that you get, that book was incredible. So I really highly recommend that as well. Mm, nice. And was your husband on board with your birth wishes? Was he into it? Oh, yeah. Oh, the other thing we did was did a calm birth course. So that was over the course of a weekend for two full days um, that my husband and I did together as well. And the, the facilitator was a doula as well. And she was incredible. She was so good. Um, so yeah, Gaz was was so on board. He was amazing in the whole preparation part of it. He listened to me blabbering on about everything like all the time, constantly. Um, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and you need to do this. And um, you know, wrote out my whole birth wishes. Um, you know, I've got it in front of me here, actually, just to jog my memory. It's like two, like a front and back A4 page of all the wishes. <laughs> and all the phrases I wanted him to say and um yeah he was very supportive and just so on board with with the birth that I wanted and really encouraging as well so that was amazing Mm, beautiful and now going into your birth I guess where were you at did you go over your estimated due date 
Uh, he arrived at 39 and 1, so six days before the estimated date. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And were you having any Braxton Hicks? Were you feeling like birth was on the horizon soon? Not at all, not at all. So I had never had any Braxton Hicks um, and I had heard sort of women talk about like a, a shift in the sort of weight, you know, that it feels quite heavy or they feel the baby become engaged. Um, I just felt exactly the same. So um, do you want me to jump into sort of how it all began? And Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was a Thursday night and, as I said, yeah, no feelings that it was going to happen anytime soon or anything. So it was a Thursday night and we jumped into bed and I woke up at two in the morning with like really mild period pain type cramps, um, which is how I've heard a lot of people describe like the start of labor for some. Um, so I was like, oh, here's something. This is, this is interesting. This is new. Um, and I was sort of sitting up all night with those. Um, I definitely couldn't sleep through them, but it wasn't anything crazy. Um, and then... I stayed in bed, I think, but I just obviously didn't get any sleep because I could feel them coming on pretty regularly. And I woke my husband up at about five in the morning and I just said to him, like, I think we're going to meet our little boy soon. And he was like, what, what? Like he sort of jumped out of bed and like thought I was, you know, in full-blown labour. And I just explained, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'd been up through the night and, you know, with these mild sort of feelings. And um, we had our really good friend's wedding on that Friday, so that was that day. And... um, as they say, like things sort of eased off throughout the day. So they definitely did for me and I did, didn't feel too much else throughout that day. So, you know, I think I think deep down I sort of knew that it was the start of something, but I also had never had any Braxton Hicks. So I was like, what if it is just, what if it isn't real labour and what if it is Braxton Hicks and, you know, the baby's not going to come for another week or so. So we definitely still went to the wedding and we just said, you know, if things sort of ramp up while we're there, we're just going to have to, play it all by ear and, and just see what happens. So, um, yeah, during the day, not much else sort of went on. Um, and then at the wedding, sort of during the ceremony, these um, these cramps sort of came back on um, and I wasn't too worried at that stage, but then sort of throughout, um, yeah, after the ceremony and when they started serving like entrees and things and the dance floor started sort of after the bride and groom's entrance um they were definitely becoming stronger and I told Gaz my husband and um we sort of you know he was just you know obviously going by my lead (laughs) um so at that stage I still wasn't sure you know how early it was or whether we should leave or if that was just being dramatic but the point where I sort of knew it was time to go was um they were serving the mains and one of my good girlfriends, Charlotte, was sitting across from me and she asked me a question um, and we were just in mid-conversation. One of them came on and I couldn't even answer her. Um, You know, I couldn't focus on what I was talking about or what she was saying. I really had to go like, oh, oh, gosh, this is ramping up. Um, So it was at that point, you know, when I couldn't really focus on a conversation, I just um, said to Gaz, come outside, we need to have a little chat here. Um, and we sort of just, yeah, decided what to do because we didn't want to make a big scene and, you know, take anything away from the bride and groom. But obviously people were going to see us pack up our bags and walk out the door. So we just really yeah. quickly and discreetly said goodbye to our friends. And, um, yeah, so there's 11 of us girls that all went to high school together and we're all still like best friends. And 
all of them have had babies. Um, so I'm the last one in the group that had a baby. And um, so they were all there and they just like, as you can imagine, like really got around us when we said goodbye and all the husbands were there as well and partners. And, oh, that was just such a beautiful moment because, you know, they've all been through labour and having them all there like wish us well and say goodbye as we went to start that journey. Um, it's just, yeah, something that's just so so unique because I don't think many people can say that they're surrounded by all their best friends, you know, when they go off to start their labour. So um, that was so, so sacred and something that I'll just, yeah, really cherish. Yeah, I have goosebumps just thinking of it. And we've got photos as well because when Gaz and I were outside, like coming up with a plan with what we're going to do, it was really funny actually because we were having, you know, a serious discussion about what we do and I think everyone was sort of finishing their mains and then all of my girlfriends, the 10 other, we call ourselves the Flamingos, like that's the name of our group, and they all came outside to get a group photo and so they sort of interrupted Gaz and, and my discussion and so I was sort of having these, you know, mild contractions starting and then they were like, ah, like let's get a group photo and like so we've got some photos from that moment where, you know, I hadn't told them yet but but we were needing to leave so um, yeah, beautiful memories that we have yeah. there and we have photos to remember that moment forever as well. So, yeah. so cool. <laughs> so you kind of didn't really say all that much to them until you were like, okay, we have to go have our baby now. I just, um, one of my girlfriends, the one that was sitting across from me, Charlotte, when we were in the bathroom together earlier in the night, just going to the toilet and um, and I just I couldn't hold it in. I just said to her, hey, because she's got two girls. I said, when you had, you know, Rosie and G, like, did you get Braxton Hicks pains? And she was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's going on? And so I just said to her, like, what I was feeling and she was just like, you know, keep me updated. Well, uh, um, so I had just said something to her. Um, but, no, I didn't say anything to anyone else because I didn't, yeah, as I said before, I didn't want to take anything away from um, our friends Jess and Ryan. It was their special day. So we were really, like, really low-key Mm. about it until we actually had to leave and because yeah we were sort of we were sort of not sure if it was early on we weren't sure if it was Braxton Hicks or if it was the real thing as well so we didn't want to say anything if it was nothing so yeah it was just when we when it was time to go then we um yeah told everyone and made a dash for it (laughs) yeah did you say to Gaz babe hold off on the beers (laughs) oh my god it was so funny so before um before like I sort of started having the cramps and you know had those signs of early labor I was saying to him like you know I don't think you should drink at this wedding you know it's a week before our due date um and he was like I think he was like semi-joking but I also think he was a bit serious he was like no it's fine you know I'm gonna drink I'm gonna drink you know you know it's a wedding all the everyone's gonna be there and I was sort of like guys I really I really don't want you to drink. Um, and he kept joking about it and he's a bit of a, a bit of a jokester. So um, no. And, but then, you know, we both decided and he totally agreed that it wasn't. And, and then after I had had, you know, those feelings on the very early hours of Friday morning, I was, um, yeah, he definitely agreed that he should probably stay off the beers that night. So he yeah. drove us home. So lucky, <laughs> lucky <Yeah>. he didn't. <laughs> Otherwise you would have been Ubering. I know. Not <laughs> ideal. It's definitely more comfortable being, yeah, in your own car with Gaz driving us. <laughs> yeah. So you left the wedding and and you went home. Left the wedding, went home. Yeah. Took a few um few last minute 
selfies with all my makeup on and my hair done. You know, I was like, oh, this is a nice little last pregnancy photo. I'm all dolled up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so went home, um, sort of just got settled in, um, had a shower, you know, took my makeup off and everything. And then um, I think it was about 11.30 when I fell asleep. Um, got a couple of hours sleep or, you know, an hour and a half and then woke up um, at about one in the morning with contractions and they were about 10 minutes apart, like pretty much all night. So um, I remember sort of listening to other podcasts and things and hearing, you know, you probably shouldn't keep your partner up all night with you because they need to have their energy as well. So I didn't really feel the need to wake up Gaz throughout the night. I just got up on my own and um, spent a lot of time in under the hot shower um, which I was really loving at that point. And, um, yeah, the contractions were manageable. They were about 10 minutes apart. And then at about four in the morning, I lost my mucus plug. And it was at that point that I just sent my midwife a text and told her what was going on. And she called me to have a chat about where I was at. And just so we were both on the same page and keeping that communication open. And then guys woke up at about five o'clock um, in the morning and joined me in on the festivities. <laughs> so you were feeling pretty good at this point. When, when did it start to feel a little intense? So, yeah, so five in the morning, Gaz got up. Um, I think when he got up, sort of maybe like mid-morning, we would have put the TENS machine on. Um, it's hard to pinpoint at exactly what time of the day it ramped up, but I just remember like it was, it was a really gradual, a really gradual process um, as it is. Um, and just, yeah, gradually throughout the day, it obviously just got more and more intense. Um, I remember Gaz was like feeding me, like because I didn't want to sort of obviously prepare any food for myself and didn't really have an appetite. He was sort of forcing me to eat to sort of keep my energy up for, you know, the marathon that lie ahead. So he was like feeding me oats and hydrolyte icy poles and coconut water and, you know, fruit and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. bless him. He just kept bringing stuff to my side. And um, our dog, Rue, like she's she's only about two years old. So she's a pretty active dog, but um, she was so beautiful. She just laid by my side the entire time. And if I moved to like different positions, she would just like follow me and then just lie down next to me. She just had the most concerned look on her face. Um, And I've got a few photos of us together as well. And it's just, oh, Mm. she was just so sweet. Like they just know. Yeah. Um, And I just had the house set up like really dark. So I just closed all the windows. Um, it was a really hot day. So we just had like the air con on and I was just like wandering around in my underwear. And um, yeah, we just had like this beautiful dreamy meditation sort of music on that was really taking me to a very nice place. And um, yeah, the TENS machine was something that I hadn't tried until like I actually started going into labor. So I wasn't sure what to expect because I know that it's really you know, helpful for some people, but that I've also had girlfriends that put it on and hated it. So I absolutely loved it. I was like fully obsessed with it. And, um, you know, it doesn't take anything away from what you feel, but I think for me, it was just like when I felt a contraction coming on, um, it was just a mental thing of like me turning the dial up and, and putting that sort of feeling on my back. It just 
helped me in some way. Um, I just would advise, like, if anyone's listening and they're going to try a TENS machine, make sure you have heaps of spare batteries at home because that's something that we didn't consider and I think we only had a couple spare. And um, at one point it ran out and I fully freaked out because I was so obsessed with it. I went a little bit crazy and Gaz had to call my mum in a panic to, like, rush over spare batteries so just make sure you've got heaps around (laughs) um so you don't have that problem but I loved that um I tried going in the shower later on like later on in the labor and I actually hated it so it's funny like I always thought I'd like being in the water and I did in the early parts of of the labor but later on I really hated it and I just wanted to get out and get the tense machine back on my back Mm -hmm. um and then I was in touch with my midwife sort of later on when I felt like it was really ramping up and I sort of thought, oh, I think it might be time to go in. And she, yeah, we were in communication the whole time. And um, I think it might have been about 5.30, 6 o'clock. And she said to me, like, your contractions aren't really, like, super close enough yet. I think they were just on the verge of, like, as close as they sort of like them to be before you go in. Um, and so I sort of held off a bit longer and then it got to like 7, 7.30 p.m. and I just knew, like I just said to her, I'm coming in, I have to come in. This is getting too much at home. I want to be in a place where I'm going to birth now. So, um, yeah, we sort of packed the car and um, that car ride was not a fun time <laughs> for me or for Gaz. Um, at that point, my contractions were so, so strong. Um, they were so powerful. And I, um, yeah, when they were coming on, I was like really, I was quite vocal at this point. And um, it was daylight saving. So it was still daylight outside. And I, I couldn't, I had a really strong one come on and I was, I was trying to get in the car, but I couldn't. And so I was just leaning over the side of the car and like screaming so loudly. And my neighbors, I remember thinking like, oh my God, they must think like someone's being murdered over here. But um, I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop it. Like that's, that's what I had to do. And um, anyway, I think Gaz definitely sped on that drive to the hospital, which is terrible, but he was like freaking out (laughs) because yeah, I was, I was very loud. Um, It was a hot day. It was, you know, I'd come from my little, cocoon of the house where it was all dark and you know now it was bright lights and traffic lights and yeah it it was not a fun time I couldn't get comfortable um and then yeah I remember I remember vividly like I can picture it when we arrived at the hospital and we got off um at the reception area at the Mercy Hospital I sort of flung out of the, the elevator and I just threw myself onto a chair and um, I had this huge contraction come on and I just sort of wailed this huge roar and it was the area where they want to do like a COVID test on you. And they so oh. they would have wanted to do a rat test. And, um, yeah, the lady took one look at me and was like, oh, my God, get this woman a wheelchair. Like we are not doing a COVID test. So thank God that they were respectful about that. Um, but it's so funny. Like I often think, you know, we see so much about labour in, you know, Hollywood movies and quite often, you know, TV shows or whatever. And I remember thinking like as if you need to be in a wheelchair, like when you're in labour, like come on, you can walk. But there I was and, you know, thinking that and I, I got wheeled up to the to the birth suites in a wheelchair. Um, but, yeah, my I was it was just feeling really heavy and, um, yeah, 
it was just nicer to be in a seat because the contractions were really, really powerful at that point. <laughs> yeah. So your midwife met you at the hospital then? She did, yeah. She came down with a wheelchair um, and took us up to the room and she had the room set up exactly how I wanted it. So I wrote up like a birth plan with all my wishes um, and gave it to um, my midwives like pretty early on. So she was amazing. She had set up the room exactly how I wanted it. So it was really nice and dark. Um, she had like the diffuser on and a salt lamp. And um, yeah, it was, I remember walking in there thinking like, this feels beautiful. It feels safe. It feels private. Um, and it didn't feel like, a, you know, a clinical environment, which is what I wanted to um, want for her to sort of create. So she really respected that. She was great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. So did you have any cervical examinations throughout your labour? Were you feeling like you were close? So it's weird, like, yeah, that was another thing that was on my birth plan was that I didn't want to have any um, examinations. Um, So I really didn't know, like, where I was at. Like, having not done it before, like, I knew it was getting, like, really powerful, but I really didn't know, you know, if I had, like, an hour to go or like was this going to go on for like another five hours like I just really had no idea and to be honest I wasn't even thinking that way at that point I was sort of just really going with what was in front of me I wasn't thinking sort of into the future so um, my midwife was great she didn't ever put any um, you know pressure on me to do anything like that Um, she later said to me that she um she would have sort of guessed by the way that I presented that I was about six or seven centimetres dilated when I arrived, just from a guess. Um, So the only thing she really did was every now and then she'd put a Doppler on my belly and because I birthed sort of on all fours, you know, leaning over, she would just come up really discreetly and just pop it on and um, his heartbeat was always really nice and stable. So I never had to have sort of any constant monitoring equipment on. Um, and yeah, I never had any any examinations. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And and did you try the bath or the shower again once you arrived in hospital? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't feel that I wanted to because um, I had I had got in it at home and I really didn't like it. I just wasn't keen. I didn't feel like I needed it, and I didn't yeah feel keen to try it again. I just, to be honest, like the tense machine was working pretty well, and I didn't. I didn't want to take that off. So, um, yeah, I just went with that and didn't feel the need to get back in the water again. Um, The first thing I did was just like strip off all my clothes and just got up. I don't know why, but I got up on the bed on all fours and then I had a couple of contractions and I think with one of those first ones at the hospital, um, my waters broke. So there was a big splash on the bed and um, she said, yeah, you've lost your waters. So that was really good. Everything was just happening, happening really on its own and, naturally which is just how I wanted it um and then yeah I wasn't a fan of being up on the bed so I just really wanted to be on the floor um so I got down on the floor and was just on my hands and knees or my elbows and knees I should say um and yeah like from that point it was just like really really huge contractions and poor Gaz like he you know, another thing you see in Hollywood movies, I guess, is like the husband like being yelled at and that sort of thing. And I never, I never yelled at him with my words, but my God, he copped a beating. Like I, 
I guess the way that I went through my labour was, I would say, like really, um, really wild and really ferocious. That's probably the way that I would describe how I was. I was incredibly loud. Um, and, yeah, Gaz, Gaz really copped it. He was right down there with me on all fours as well and I was just like biting him. I was, I was squeezing his hand so hard. I think he thought that his bones were going to break at one point. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to instill fear into anyone listening to this because that's something, you know, that's so common. But, but that's just the way that I... I dealt with my contractions. Unfortunately, he was there to um, to be squeezed, so that's what I did. Yeah. Um, and another thing for me, like being really loud, um, yeah, that's just something that helped helped me. And it was something that wasn't in my control. Like this, the noises that were just coming out of me were, were crazy, and you know, I wasn't really aware of it at the time, or I didn't really care. But I remember a few. A you know people of staff coming and knocking on the door and asking my midwife you know if everything was okay and obviously you know people women that are in labor are loud but for them to come in and sort of ask if everything was all good like I must have been really next level um and yeah I remember Gaz telling me later on like you know they were like coming to see what was going on in there because you were so crazy Oh, oh, it's God, good though. Yeah. I think like using our voice is sometimes something that takes over, certainly in my experience. Oh. And it's actually a really powerful tool that we can use to relieve some of that intensity. A hundred percent. Like oh, the power that you feel like surging through your body. Um, yeah, like hats off to anyone that can have a really calm and, and quiet birth. And if that's if that's how you manage it, then that's how you manage it. But, um, but yeah, for some people and definitely for me, like my way was to roar the roof off that place. So, and that was, yeah, obviously something that really helped, helped get me through. Yeah. What has Gaz said about that since? Are you, uh, like to be quite loud and things, is that in your nature or are you usually quite quiet? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the most extroverted person when it comes to social situations, um, but definitely mm. like with Gaz, I'm very loud. Like he's always telling me to lower my voice. <laughs> if we have like an argument or something, he always says like, keep your voice down. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh um, because like I'm half Italian. So I think I'm just like really like hot blooded. And so I often like raise my voice or um, yeah, if we're in like a heated discussion or something, I do just naturally raise my voice and get really loud with him. But um, like, I'm not overly a loud, extroverted person in general, I wouldn't say. But um, yeah, definitely with Gaz, I can be. Um, but yeah, we just, I, I just remember coming home after the hospital and Gaz was like, oh, sorry, I'm rushing forward here. But when he, when we were reliving our birth story to our friends and stuff, like mm. the way he retold it was just so funny. Like, we were just in <laughs> stitches laughing at like looking back on it. <laughs> Yeah, so good. Yeah, he was oh, probably yeah. just like, "Yep, that's my girl." Like, it's. I think it's so yeah, good yeah, of to course. see us like that sometimes, and it can be a very powerful experience for the husbands too, witnessing their their wife in all of their glory. So amazing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think he was so proud as well that like, you know, obviously if I had an epidural or, you know, something went a different way, like it is what it is. But like the way that I wrote out my birth plan is exactly how my birth played out. So I'm really lucky in that regard. But I think that he also appreciates that um, some of that might actually be down to the preparation that I did and 
you know, I guess we'll never know if that was just pure luck or because I did all that preparation and I manifested the, the birth that I want. Um, maybe a little bit of both, but yeah, he really, yeah, I think had a lot of respect for me after seeing, after seeing all that play out. It's a pretty huge effort that we women go through. Yeah. So did you recognize when you hit transition or when was the point when you realized, Oh my gosh, I'm about to have my baby. Yeah. So, um, to be honest, like I, I did so much reading about the stages of labor. And so I very was, I was very well aware of, you know, what transition was, you know, that change, that shift when you're sort of ready to, to birth and, um, you know, when you get to 10 centimeters and you get the, the hit of adrenaline and all that. So, but when I was in it, I don't think I fully recognized, yeah, what it was or, or when I was in it, um, you know, I went very inward during my labor and I, w- I wasn't really thinking sort of logically. So I remember getting to the stage um, where I said to my midwife and to Gaz, like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't, I can't do this. Um, and I know that that's a very common thing for women to say when they are in transition. And it's often, you know, you, you hear midwives say like, that's when you know the baby's coming. Um, and I, I definitely said those things, those cliche sort of things, like I can't do this anymore, I don't want to, I, I can't, I actually can't. <laughs> um, so perhaps that was it. But at the time I wasn't at all thinking like, oh, my God, I'm in transition. Not at all. I wasn't thinking that way. Um, I remember the, the sensations were very became very different um, and I don't know if that was like after transition when I started sort of getting that urge to push, but I remember like the feeling went from my, like my lower abdomen to this really like, um, so hard to describe, but like I describe it as like every contraction felt like, like an explosion, like in my lower sort of area. And it felt like my sort of, I felt like I was just about to like blow up kind of thing, but like <laughs> that sounds a bit full on, but like it was just so much power, like shooting down my body. Um, in my lower like vagina sort of area, I guess. Um, and like, to be honest, again, with, with all the research that I did and I knew I had read about all the power and the intensity, like that feeling was still pretty crazy. It was just so strong. Um, and yeah, it sort of felt like my body was doing the pushing for me because the sensation, I guess it felt like his body or his head was really pushing down like with every contraction. So I, yeah, I remember telling the midwife, like, I feel like, I feel like this crazy pushing urge, like with, with the contraction. So she was just asking me to sort of go with it. Um, and yeah, I was, I was sort of breathing heavily down and, and pushing with it, with the feeling as well. And um, I was on all fours and I remember, I think I had been feeling that pushing urge for about an hour and, you know, that was at the point where I was like really exhausted. I was, I was just saying like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't. And I started, um, yeah, sort of saying like, why isn't, why isn't he here yet? I was like, I'm so emotional at this stage. Like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> How long had because you been at hospital? Oh yeah. So, so we got, um, so he was born like three hours after we got to hospital. So so I guess the pushing sort of started about two hours after we got in. Mm-hmm. And, 
Yeah, so because I remember her saying, like, I can see the very, very, very top of his head and this was a little while earlier and I was like, why isn't he yet? You know, I'm pushing with everything I've got. Like, it feels so powerful. And I remember her saying to me, like, Renee, you have been pushing for about an hour. I'm a bit, you know, she never said, like, I'm concerned or we need to do anything or whatever, but she said, look, you haven't made, like, a whole lot of progress. Um, And she was concerned because Gaz was feeding me so much water um, to keep me hydrated and I hadn't gone to the toilet and she said I'm, cons- I'm a, you know she said I'm just conscious that you haven't gone to the toilet um, and you might have a very full bladder which could be blocking him to come down and she said can you just manage to get up the, the toilet was literally like a couple of meters away she said do you think you can manage to get up and go to the toilet and empty your bladder and I tried crawling there I couldn't even crawl I could oh. not move uh, I don't know what it was but the contractions just became so much more unbearable for some reason if I um, moved, like changed position. So I just had to stay on my elbows and knees. I couldn't move. And she said, that's fine. What if I just put like a little towel down and you can just wee, like, just wee on the floor, like it's fine. And I couldn't even do that. I don't know why. I just couldn't let go. Maybe I was like holding on. Maybe I was a bit tense. I don't know. I just couldn't do a wee or maybe I just didn't feel like I needed to. Um, and so then she said to me, like, we're going to have to get you up in the bed and put a urinary catheter in so that we can empty your bladder for you and then see if he comes out um, after that. She said, I'm just, yeah, I am really conscious that you probably have a really full bladder and that could be like taking up space. So um, the thought of getting on the bed was horrendous, but I had to do it. So they all sort of tried to help me up um, and I was on the bed. I was sort of sitting up like on my back and then a contraction came, like a really huge one. And I just instinctively like a reflex, like flipped onto my, onto my front again because I had to. I couldn't be on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, okay, Renee, like that's okay, but we need to get this catheter in. So roll over again. And then another contraction came. I just could not stay on my back. So I got, like I bounced over on my front again. And then, I don't know, something came over me where I was just like, no, nah, this is enough. Like we need to get this back. Like I was probably saying this out loud, but in my head I was like, no, nah, I'm done with this. Like, I am so done. This baby needs to come out. And so I was, I remember I was like on the bed on my knees, but I was standing on my knees and facing outward and I had my arms like around Gaz's shoulders and he was standing up. And I just said to myself, like the next contraction that comes, I am going to like take this up like to another level. And I did. And I gave it like a thousand and ten percent instead of like what I was doing before must have just been like, you know, a hundred percent. So I just took it to another level and I, like gave it everything and I pushed and that's when his head came out and his head came out with his arm next to it as well. It's a cheeky oh, little Superman. monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was flying out. <laughs> um, so he came out Superman style and I don't feel like it's weird. Like I was obviously pushing but the midwife then sounded like a bit surprised. She was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, stop, like and sort of seemed a bit, um, yeah, like surprised or like something wasn't right. I don't know. It was weird. But um then she said, yeah, like get back on your back. I can't remember why, but to deliver him all the way, she wanted me sort of back on my back, maybe because I couldn't really see what was going on in the position I was in, um, but that was fine. I got on my back and with the next contraction that came, he, yeah, he came out altogether mm-hmm. and straight up on my chest. I can just, I can just feel it, you know, like it was yesterday, like this squishy little delicious body. Um, straight on my chest and the way he smelled and the way he felt and um, 
you know, you have such a long time to prepare for meeting your baby, but there's nothing like the first time you see them. Like it's it's just, um, yeah, absolutely you're just in awe of this precious little life. And I just remember looking at Gaz going, he's so beautiful. And um, the, other, <laughs> the other first thing I said after saying he's so beautiful was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> Which um, I think, you know, not because it was so terrible, but I think just I was just so exhausted and I was really relieved at that point. Like um, I just felt like I'd run a marathon and sort of just crossed over the finish line and got to relax for a bit. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously a week or two that passed, I was like, I'm definitely doing that again. It's fine. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that was just one of the first things that came out of my mouth. I was just like, oh, God. Um, Did you know you were having a boy? We did, yeah, we found out at like 10 weeks and, yeah, whenever it is when you can get that first test, we found out. And um, we also named him like really early on. So he was always Freddie from about, I think, when I was about 15 weeks, we called him Freddie. And, yeah, so we always referred to him as that and that really stuck as well. So we sort of, yeah, we're just like, oh, my God, Freddie's here. Um, And, yeah, just amazing, so amazing. Yeah. Did your placenta take long to come out? Yeah, so that's the other thing. Like I think I was just like, oh, my God, it's all over. And then you remember you have to deliver the placenta. And I was like, oh, really? Like I'm, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so my placenta took about, I think it was about 40 minutes to, to come out. Um, and, yeah, that wasn't too bad. I remember asking the midwife, like, is the, are the contractions for that going to be, like, as bad as they were for the, for the labour? And she was like, no, 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 it's not the same. And that was definitely, like, totally bearable. Um, I sort of looked into um, getting the placenta capsules made up because a couple of my girlfriends have done that, but it was just one of those things that I looked into and I never got around to organising it so um, yeah, so cool to look at the organ that your body has made um, for your baby. But, um, yeah, sort of just had a look at it and then, yeah, thanked it and waved it goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Did you stay in hospital for very long? Um, we, yeah, so he was born at 10.42 at night and we were gone at 9 a.m. the next morning. So they actually wanted to discharge us at like 6 a.m., but we didn't get to bed after I delivered the placenta and I also had a grade two tear that needed to be stitched up as well. So we had to wait a while for that because all the doctors were in theatre. And after all that happened, we didn't get into bed till about two o'clock in the morning. So I was just kind of like, oh, six is like a little bit rough. Can we do nine o'clock? So so that was good. The the program, the MGP program we're on is was sort of all about like if you have um, an uncomplicated labour and if you're recovering really well and feel comfortable, like you go home pretty soon and then they do all your follow-up midwife appointments in your home so um we were happy to go home the next day we felt like I, I felt really physically and and mentally like I was well so yeah we packed up our bags and a new baby and we went home at nine o'clock the next day yeah and how did you feel about that birth experience I felt um so proud I felt so proud of myself because um you know I think like around childbirth, like you just, you hear so many things like growing up, you hear things and, um, you know, the way that other people describe it is often, you know, uh, you know, you just, you talk about pain and people talk about the pain and how difficult it is. And so, 
yeah, like uh, it's fu- it's really funny thing to go into. And I just remember I was always so curious about it because um, because it's like this this big mystery, you know, and you don't know what to expect. And often people that have been through it, you can't really describe it because it's not like it's not like anything else you've ever done. And and it's hard to compare it to you know the pain of you know breaking a bone or sort of hurting yourself in in another way. It's a different it's not, it's a different sensation. So so um. I remember going into it thinking, you know, my intuition and my gut told me that I wanted to birth naturally and that, and that I trusted my body. But I think, you know, something in the back of my mind was always like, well, you know, you don't actually know what it's going to be like, so you might not be able to. So um, I just remember coming out of it like, you know, I did it. I did it. I did it unassisted. And I just, I just remember being so, so absolutely besotted with our beautiful boy. Like I would just look at him and burst into tears and, and, you know, especially in our lead up to conceiving him, you know, it wasn't the easiest. So I just couldn't believe that our baby was finally in our arms. And I just felt so proud of myself and so grateful for Gaz that he was such, such an amazing birthing support partner and, and the midwife in the hospital as well. Like I think the hospital system gets a pretty bad wrath, like, but um, I guess I just wanted to share that, like, you can give birth in a hospital and, and you know, it not be medicalised. Like, my labour was actually pretty close to, you know, what a home birth would be like. It was really unassisted and my midwife was amazing. She really respected my wishes and she really took a step back, like, apart from sort of coming up every now and then and checking that Freddie's heart rate was all good, Um and, you know, obviously she was monitoring from a distance, but she really she really did do that. She kept her distance and she she just let Gaz and I sort of lead the way and that's exactly how I wanted it. So hospital, um, hospital births doesn't always mean, you know, it's going to be like these, these huge interventions and, you know, bright lights and everything. Like they made the room dark and private exactly as I wanted and um, I would just say to people, you know, if you're wanting to birth a certain way, I think the most important thing is to talk to your care provider really early on about what you want to make sure that they align with your values and your wishes because if they don't and if they don't respect what you're asking for, then you can change and you need to find someone that does align and, and sort of has the same vibe as what, what you're after because that's really important as well to be surrounded by people that respect um, your wishes and encourage you to you know, get the birth outcome that you want. And, of course, things, you know, will always happen and things might not go to plan. But, um, yeah, I think if you've got a care provider, a midwife, an obstetrician or, you know, that's going to respect your wishes and completely be on the same page and advocate for you and encourage you, um, then, yeah, you've got you've got much better chance of getting the outcome that you desire. And even if it doesn't go to plan, then at least you're going to have the respect Um, of the person looking after you and um, yeah I just think that's really important thing to to sort of get onto early on in your pregnancy yeah absolutely and I guess that's why the MGP program is so wonderful because you've been able to connect from early on and then you can just waltz in in labor and you don't have to kind of have those big chats that are almost impossible when you're in labor that doesn't need to be done exactly like I remember that I wrote out my birth plan when I was sort of reading and and taking things out of all these books that I was reading about what I wanted and 
I um I remember asking my midwives at one of my appointments, like, oh, when do I give my birth plan to you? And they were like, oh, you know, you know, what are the later appointments? And I was like, no, I'm going to give it to you now because I, <laughs> I want to know that you're sort of on the same page with everything that I want. And I'm so glad that I spoke up for myself and did that because um. I mean, it worked out well because they were, they were amazing and they really were on board with everything that I wanted. But, um, but um, yeah, I just think it's important to make sure that you connect with your care provider early on to make sure you're on the same page with everything. Um, and yeah, as you said, like when you're presenting to hospital, like you're not in the right mind of talking about, you know, how you want, you know, your labour to go. It needs to be something that's discussed earlier. So yeah, <laughs> and I remember. Yeah, when I got to that transitional pushing stage and I, I remember I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. I think I might have said, you know, I need something. I need an epidural or I need something, whatever I said, you know, in my crazy state. Um, my midwife just calmly said to me, she said, Renee, you did not want an epidural. That was on your birth plan. You don't need one. You can, you can do this. So she was just sort of, she just really dismissed it and that's exactly what I needed. Um, you know, whereas had I not said that to her, she might have, maybe looked into it or looked into getting me something else. But she, and, you know, she probably knew from her experience that I was so close to the end, but she definitely respected my wishes. She just said to me, no, we're not doing that. Um, she just brushed it off. And, yeah, that's exactly what I needed. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Well, Renee, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. It's been a beautiful story and I really loved listening along. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. I look forward to listening to all of your other beautiful stories that you share. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Bloom Birth Stories. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to share your story, reach out. You can find me over on Instagram at Kate Bloom Doula. See you next week, beautiful.